Welcome to The Ride, Life, Work, and Wealth Podcast with your host, Chris DeRoe. Years ago, Chris was a firefighter and a paramedic and witnessed many people not getting another tomorrow, and it shaped who he is now as a financial strategist. Chris doesn't just help people plan for a secure tomorrow, he helps them plan for a better today. Chris lives and works in Burlington, Ontario, and runs an advisory practice named Three Hats Financial. Let's get to it. Hello, and welcome to The Ride, Life, Work, and Wealth podcast with Chris DeRoe of Three Hats Financial. Now, this is the first podcast in this series, so in this one, we get to talk to Chris about Chris, and we get to know him a little bit better. And Chris, I have to start off by saying you have one of the more colorful background stories about getting into the industry that I've, I've seen. Tell me about this. How did you get into it? <laughs> Yeah, d- thanks, Patrice. Uh, I guess this is kind of this is kind of like a first date. This is like our first podcast. It I'm is excited. indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I expect flowers, honey, flowers. Well, yeah. Well, my I guess my last first date went well because she ended up marrying me. So hopefully, this one encourages <laughs> the podcast goes well. Very good. Yeah. So no, my background is is I guess definitely a little different than a lot of people that entered the financial in- industry. Uh, I was a firefighter and paramedic for close to 15 years. So I originally did that quite early on and started to do that for a while. Fantastic job. Really, really enjoyed it. It was a circle of friends. It was everything. It was just a fantastic experience. And then always had an interest in finance and just kind of started picking away at the books and helping out some friends and even guys at work and stuff like that. And then just started to kind of make more of a go of it. And then it just took off like crazy and just ex- just out of nowhere, just started to explode on me. And it just kind of went from there and never really stopped. So it, I totally fell into it unexpectedly and just couldn't believe the, the journey of where I originally started from to where I am today. Just if you told me 20 years ago I was going to be a firefighter and paramedic and then eventually get into finance, I would never would have believed you in a thousand years. It's quite the journey. It really is. Now, who are you working with or who do you prefer to work with now? As far as, as clients, uh, we deal a lot with people close to retirement and in retirement, but we also do have quite a few clients where they have young families, they make good incomes, professional type occupations, and just just need help. Like with, with how busy society is nowadays, a lot of people just need more help in this than they ever have because sure you can go Google a question here and there about finance, but then how do you incorporate that into your lifestyle? Then how do you keep yourself accountable mm-hmm. with that? So that is where we come in is just helping those individuals. So that's basically who we've been helping mostly now is people close to retirement in retirement and younger families that just need help with the chaos. <laughs> Yeah. So how do you do that? What do you do for your clients? Basically simplify the complex. And what I mean by that is, like I just had mentioned, there's so many moving parts. People are so busy. And when it comes to finances, a lot of people really don't talk about it a ton with family members or friends. Like To be honest, I find people will talk even more about intimate issues than they will their finances, which is crazy. But a lot of people just don't won't really talk about it. What we are is that that resource where they open up and have us in their corner as a voice of wisdom for them. Because on average, someone will go through roughly 60 transitions in their lifetime. 
And each transition, or whenever there is a transition, your money's going to be going in motion. So you need a voice of wisdom to help with that, preferably. And we like to be that financial voice of wisdom to help them along those paths and just be there as a sounding board and help them use the best resources that are available to them at, at that time and just really kind of be that sounding board for them. Mm-hmm. So that's just in regards to helping them plan that, lifestyle planning, financial planning, all that stuff. Okay. You're talking about these transitions. Lifestyle, I mean, what, what do you mean when you say transition? can be anything from graduating university, having a whole bunch of debt, saving for a home, eventually getting married, eventually having children, saving for your retirement, saving for your children's education, switching careers, having a parent pass away, having a parent that you need to help out, all those, those things. We even have clients, simple things like they're going to buy a car. You're not just going to go and ask the car salesman what he thinks best. You, you kind of need a neutral resource in regards to that. So a lot of times they'll just call us or we meet and we go over, okay, here's where you're at, what looks the most attractive and arm them with the, the, the proper amount of information to go in. One couple, I actually even went into the car dealership with them, a retired couple, because they just didn't feel comfortable going in by themselves, wow. which was kind of cool. I, I didn't mind yeah. that at all. It was actually fun. So how do you acquire new clients? Up until this st- this stage, there's been no marketing, no advertising. It's just been strictly referral. Wow. Okay. Okay. And do you have people on your team? Yeah. We've got a team, got four other assistants right now, and they help with a whole bunch of different activities and things like that. I'm on the planning side with clients, but everything else is handled by them. I don't get involved in any of that admin stuff or scheduling or any other stuff, because if I do, I just screw it up. So they're (laughs) much better at that than me. Focus. We call it focusing. Yeah. But no, there's a whole team and we all have our individual roles and it works really, really, really well. All right. I'm assuming you've had some advanced education. You said you started out just learning from books and then you kept going. Tell me about about your education and, and what designations you may have. Yeah. So I got all the regular courses that you need to have to be licensed to be a financial advisor in Canada. The extra stuff I have designations is I have a CFP, which is a certified financial planner. I have CCS, which is a certified cash flow specialist, which is a unique one just for cash flow planning. And then my CHF, which is a certified health specialist, which is just more insurance, like living benefit type insurance. So mm-hmm. three very different designations. And I'm, I don't ever stop. I really enjoy that stuff. So I just, just like learning it. So I just keep going. Outstanding. All right, so you've got this education. You've got your business there. You've got your clients. You, you're working hard, Chris. When you're not working, though, what do you do for fun? <laughs> well, a lot of time, which it still is fun, is we have three young kids, and they are all in sports. And on average, we have 15 sporting events a week. So a lot, of, a lot of time is spent in hockey rinks, soccer domes, and all of that, which is which is enjoyable. I, I absolutely love being able to sit there and watch them and have them look up and see it, watching them. It, it, it's awesome. I, I love seeing that. And even just the simple stuff like the conversations in the car to and from the game. So that takes up a significant chunk of time with my wife, Tina, and I. And for me personally, martial arts, I've been doing that off and on since I was 12 years old. So I like doing that somewhat keep some flexibility up obviously not as much as in my <laughs> earlier years but 
still some stretching goes on. I can still somewhat touch my toes. So nice. I'm okay there. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> also, I try to kind of still work out on a regular basis. I've been doing that for a long time and play guitar when I can. And then I also like to get outdoors as much as I can with my ATV and Sea-Doo. So oh, that's nice. when I can jam that all in around the kids' sports. But our family is outside a lot, cottage life, all that stuff. So we really do enjoy being outside a lot. And now this is a question we often ask our, our advisors here. And some of the answers are, are surprising, some are not. This one is beautiful. Who is your hero? Yes. So that, that would be my now six-year-old daughter, Brooklyn. The story around that is it was, she was, well, she would have been four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For June, 2017, she got diagnosed with a thing called Kawasaki's disease, which most people have never heard of. I remember when I was driving hundred miles to the hospital because my wife was filling me in and what was going on. And I got there, I'm like, what, what does she have? And they right. said, Kawasaki's disease. I'm like, the motorcycle, what the heck is that? Yeah. So it's just a very rare disease, very rare. Uh, it's something like one in 10,000 kids will get it. And the majority of the kids that do get it are male. So her being female is, was even a smaller chance. And a lot of the kids that do get it, it doesn't affect their heart. And of course it affected her heart. So she got kind of got the double whammy on that. Right. So those were definitely some of my uh, darkest days going through that with her. She was at the McMaster Children's Hospital, which was unbelievable with her. But that was a tough go. Going through that, I was sitting there looking at her like, holy crap, this four-year-old is dealing with all of this, all of these doctors, all of these specialists. And she just, she wasn't like scared or losing her mind crying. Just she's keeping her cool. I'm like, how the heck is she doing this at four years old when I'm never, I've never experienced anything like this, even in my life as an adult or child. And she just really kept her cool. I remember one, one example was as we, the longer we were in there, it was harder and harder for them to get get an IV or to get into her veins because of the nutrition stuff. So they had to keep calling in like IV specialists. And I remember them just digging and digging and digging with the needle. And she's obviously crying, but she's sitting there like a trooper, still playing a game on the iPad that Mac gives all their patients, which kind of distracts them. And I'm like, she's just still there with the other hand, playing on that iPad with three of these people just digging in her arm. And I I just couldn't believe it. But anyways, she got through all of that. And that's why I would have to say that she would be my hero because I just couldn't believe at four years old, she was able to just go through all of that as such a trooper as she was. That is an Um, incredible story. So the positive thing I want to end on that is she made it through. There was some permanent damage to the heart, but she's monitored and she's a healthy little girl. We just have to kind of pay attention to a few things. And the doctors have been really good. And, yeah, so that's, it is what it yeah. is, but that, that, that's, that was definitely an experience. <laughs> Quite the story, yes. Now with that, I mean, goodness gracious, your life is so rich there, but if you had all the money in the world, what would you do? It wouldn't really change. Like, and I know that may surprise some people, but like my life wouldn't change. Like, it's not, to me at this stage, it's not about more money. I kind of really have everything I want things really did change after that in 2017 because I was working ridiculous hours. I wasn't around. I was averaging four to six hours of sleep. It was just Mm -hmm. like so many other young parents growing businesses or just working hard to, to, to support their families and everything else. I was doing all that and it, it wasn't a good balance. That 
back in that year, that really reset my perspective clock. And I really did change things, especially my work schedule. Now the balance is, I really couldn't ask for much more because the work-life balance we have is perfect. I don't miss anything anymore with my kids. Got everything I want materialistic wise. There's not really anything else that I want. Like I'm, whether we win the lottery or not, sure, I guess there'd be a couple more trips and stuff like that, but none of that stuff really matters too much. So I, I can't really say much would change. Do you do share this outlook on the work-life balance with your clients? Yes. Huge. Because in the early years I was trying to do both. I was a firefighter and trying to build a financial planning practice in the background of that, which wasn't easy. I couldn't just flip the switch and jump from one to another one. And I got a family of five to support and everything else like that. So there was a lot of grinding late nights, all of that. And there definitely was no balance. And it took like, there was a goal in mind. It just, it took Brooklyn going through that where I was like, what am I doing? This is not (laughs) what, where I was supposed to be. And after that, that's when I really changed things and it just changed my whole perspective on things. So with clients, I really try to push that because everyone is just somewhat stressed. Once again, with the way society is, how busy we are now. And a lot of people are just always talking about tomorrow. And one thing as a firefighter and a paramedic that you will learn pretty quick by in that career is you realize that a whole heck of a lot of people that thought they had tomorrows, unfortunately don't. And I bring that into my planning process with clients where I really make sure that when we're going through everything, we really go through a process with them, not just about the numbers, the accounts and the amounts, but getting to their why and really what they want from all of this and making sure that they're living life on purpose I don't mean to steal that generic term from wherever that came from, but it's the truth. And we tend to forget that and just get so caught up in the everyday life and not really enjoying the moment or really taking into consideration, hey, where am I right now? Are the actions that I'm going through supporting my actual why and goals that I want? So I really push hard on that philosophy. I'm making sure people have a plan to enjoy today and that we're still securing tomorrow, but we're not just focusing on tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I love your phrase here, though, that you only live life once, and this is not a practice life. So enjoy it. Yeah, there's no rehearsal with this. It's not like you go take a vacation. You're like, ah, oh, that resort sucked. I'm going to book at a different time. <laughs> I'm going to book another resort down the road. Like Everyone knows that, but I don't know. We don't talk like that. Like When I have clients, sometimes they're like sitting there, And they're like, well, one day I'm going to do this and then our situation will be better here. So then we'll do that. And they just keep giving themselves those somewhat of a buffer on why they're not acting and doing those things they Mm -hmm. want to do right now. But then who says tomorrow's going to be there? And I know it's kind of can be a little glum saying that, but it's realistic. So, and it's not that I'm saying, go spend all your money, go to Vegas, have it, spend it all, (laughs) blow it right now. It's just taking that into consideration that don't just focus on tomorrow. Like you got to enjoy the moment now. And that's where our planning is all based on that with our clients to make sure that we have a plan for that, keeping them accountable to their goals and their why, and just making sure that we can just keep them on track with that and keep getting progress. All right. Who's your favorite person in history? 
and why? Uh, so that would be Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. I, I was okay. <laughs> I, I don't know if you're expecting some like historian or something, <laughs> but no, or some p- political figure. But well, I, I guess he kind of was. When I was a kid, I was really big into the bodybuilding. Didn't look like one as a kid, but I loved the <laughs> bodybuilding magazines. I loved those individuals back in the day that were the Barbarian Brothers, Arnold Schwarzenegger, eventually Ronnie Coleman. Lee Haney, all these guys. And Arnold, even as a kid, I looked up to. And then as I kept maturing and becoming eventually an adult, I saw obviously his career keep going. But here you have an immigrant that comes from nothing, can barely speak English. He eventually comes to the US, starts winning. So Mr. Olympia is like the biggest bodybuilding competition Mm -hmm. in the world. Starts winning that seven times, becomes an actor, author, businessman, congressman and just really didn't stop but just found it interesting how he just came from literally nothing and the bodybuilding thing of course always intrigued me as well too so i've always just like kind of following his career and even though some of his movies can be a bit cheesy i like them all (laughs) i'm sure everybody has those in their closet come on now you know (laughs) one cheesy movie here or there okay so the bodybuilding did you uh actually get into bodybuilding i did in my younger years i started working out at a young age. And then once you started working out, of course, the the big milestone of that is to eventually step on a stage, which was a little nerve wracking, but I, I knew I had to at least do it. I remember when I was going through it, I'm like, don't expect to make any money doing this or a career out of it. But <laughs> I remember saying to a couple of buddies, I just, you know what? I want some cool pictures to show my kids. Of course, I didn't have kids. I was, I was in my early twenties when I did it, but I want to have some cool pictures to show my kids later on. So <laughs> that was kind of the goal. I, the la- I only did two shows. Both of them were Muscle Mania Canada. That was the name of the, the organization back then. And I'll never forget in 2003, I, I, was, I made the heavyweight division, but I was the smallest mm-hmm. in there. And it was the largest they'd ever have. So 16 people out of Canada. And I came second, which I was ecstatic because... The guy that came first, first of all, was a beast, but also (laughs) he had won numerous years. And in bodybuilding, when someone keeps winning first, you really have to be on your game to knock that person out. It's much, it's quite difficult, but he was pretty ridiculous. But no, that, that was a big day, day for me to, uh, to, to place that high. And then I'll just, something cool that came out of that was I mentioned how Arnold was someone I always kind of followed Mm -hmm. later from that i got a robert kennedy he used to own a a magazine called muscle mag which were the magazines i used to read as a kid i used to have stacks in my bedroom (laughs) and he somehow got a hold of me through a few contacts and he flew me out to california in 2003 and had this photo shoot put me up in a hotel and here i am 22 23 years of age my photographer was David Paul from the Barbarian Brothers, who used to actually compete against Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I remember oh, the Barbarian wow. Brothers. So that was pretty cool. Did did you ever think of continuing in it? Why didn't you continue? I don't ha- I didn't have the structure to be able to go any f- much further than that. And even in my early 20s, for me, I was like, this is really hard on your body. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really, really, really hard. So then after that, I just kind of, uh, slowed down and I started to pick the martial arts up again right. after that. But mm-hmm. it was, 
I had gotten everything I kind of wanted out of that, like just the cool pictures, placing pretty good at a show. I had kind of really got what I wanted to out of it as I set out to compete. So I didn't really see much more benefit in me personally going forward. Well, you've done so many different things. How do you, what mantra or motto do you use to keep yourself focused and to stay on track? I remember just hearing like years ago from an older advisor, he just kept saying, this is, this would be 15 years ago. And he's like, just keep showing up. And I'm like, that's your advice. Just keep showing up. <laughs> like that's kind of not, not the best advice. And as I get older, I start to realize he was hundred percent right. No matter what you do, mm. there's going to be good days, bad days, but as long as you just keep showing up, it's just stuff just works out. Now, of course there has to be work ethics and just keep working hard. But regardless of how tough something gets, one day you just come right back the next day and it just, that's how I've done everything. It just seems to somewhat work out. Also too is stress, we all deal with it. We all deal with it in different ways and by no means do I deal with it perfect. But I can sure tell you that after I went through that thing with Brooklyn, my whole process on stress changed like literally overnight I don't stress nearly as much as I used to before because it's just after going through that and a few other things, you just realize you stress out, you think of this thing and then something, something's going to go bad. And then 99.9% .9 of the time it never happens. And now when something comes up, cause we all have stress happen to us all the time. I just always think, is this going to impact me three months from now, five months from now, one year from now, three years from now, and usually the answer is always no. So then I'm like, what the heck am I stressing about mm -hmm. then? Deal with it and move on. So that has somewhat helped. <laughs> That's great. And I think I know some of the answers here, but what are your proudest achievements? Well, the biggest one, of course, is having the three kids. Yeah. That was like just really, really happy and proud of that and how they've turned out and everything else. And it's, any parent can contest how difficult it is to try and raise perfect humans. <laughs> <laughs> please, so that's, please show that's me definitely some, number okay? one. <laughs> yeah. As far as I guess from the business standpoint, well, one would be the bodybuilding and not because of what I said, the photo shoots or anything like that. The three next examples I'll give you is all because I had three individuals telling me I couldn't do it. And I guess that's what kind of fueled my fire. So the one would have been the bodybuilding. I, um, before I competed, I went to a trainer and I went to him. He's like, no, he goes, why do you want to compete? He goes, you don't really have the structure. And like, really tried to talk me out of it. Hmm. So I kind of went home and then of course that stuff plays in your head a bit. And I'm like, ah, no, I'm going to still going to try and all of that. And then <laughs> ironically enough, that, that show, he was actually one of the judges that this is years later. Whoa. So that was kind of neat that here is this guy. It would have been four years before that telling me don't have the structure and then he's the judge of that show. So that was another achievement. And the second one was finance, just being, having the business I do now as a financial advisor, it's just, it's just gone really, really well. And I remember it would have been around 2011. I had an individual at that. It's, it wasn't easy. Um, if you mm -hmm. told me I had to go do it all over again, it, <laughs> I don't know if I could do it, but 
it was a tough go in the beginning years. And I remember having one individual say, are you sure you really want to do this? Like just stick with the fire department. I don't know if you're really cut out for this. You're, you're coming from an emergency service background. Like it's not really the route to go this, this way. And once again, that kind of pissed me off a bit and I guess it worked because everything kind of worked with that. Mm -hmm. So that was another achievement. And the third one is as simple as it is, is just playing the guitar this, this wasn't an individual being malicious or anything like that. It was just a, a general conversation. He's like, oh, we guys like us could never play that, learn to play guitar at this age. And I was like, huh, something I kind of always wanted to do. So I picked it up and within a year played in a band in a live stage. So those would be the three on top, like after the kids, of course. Of course, but yeah, pretty good there. Pretty good achievements. So Chris, you have the attention of a lot of people with this podcast. Who should be listening? Yeah, no, anyone that wants to find ways to help enhance their life with the wealth they have and resources they have available, this is not going to be a podcast on financial products or hot stock tips or anything else like that. It's really going to be providing information to people that want a better life and to help them align them with their financial goals and their life goals. Okay. And yeah, just revolving around that. Great. And then of course, how can they reach you? They want to get in there and talk to you. How can they reach you or your office? Easily. They can just go to the website and contact us through that. Or which is, if which they is? want to do it old-fashioned style, they can pick up a telephone and call us at our 1-800 number, which is just 888-442-4218. And what is your website? I guess that would help. That would help. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> three hats financial.ca. All right. Threehatsfinancial.ca and the phone again, 888-442-4218, right? Yep. You got it. Fantastic. Chris, that was great. Chris Durow of Three Hats Financial. Now to subscribe to this podcast, take advantage of the subscribe button, which is right on this page. And there's also a share button that makes it very easy to start a conversation with colleagues and friends. I'm Patrice Sikora, and let's talk again later. Thank you for listening to The Ride, Life, Work, and Wealth Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. All comments are of a general nature and should not be relied upon as individual advice. The views and opinions expressed in this commentary may not necessarily reflect those of IPC Investment Corporation. While every attempt is made to ensure accuracy, facts and figures are not guaranteed. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.